0: The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona sports. Ain't No Fang. Well, that's it. The regular season is over, and it's time for the Wild Card Series. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang Podcast. As the regular season wraps up for the Diamondbacks, we're going to walk you through uh, some recap. Some of the things that we liked, some of the things we didn't like from the 2022 regular season in Arizona. We're going to talk a little bit about some more milestones that were set. I think you know what I'm talking about. And also, we'll get you ready for the wild card round with some headlines for the playoffs. But let's start with the 2022 season, Bear. Okay. Arizona Diamondbacks finished the season with what record? They finished the year 74-88, and
1: 88, fourth place in the NL West. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean... It's funny because I'm sure a lot of fan bases would be pretty upset with a record like that. I'm not. I'm actually, I'm encouraged by it. To be honest with you, Um, it's a 22 game improvement in the win column from last year. They were 52 and 110 in 2021. Um, I mean, and and they of course got the number two pick in the draft. They they could have got the number one pick, but. They finish with the same freaking the record. Tie the tiebreaker
0: went to the Orioles. Yeah, um,
1: it's okay. Who, By the way, are also good now. Yeah, weird. The Orioles. Let's. Where did they? The Orioles finished above five
0: hundred, eighty-three and seventy-nine. So not a wild card team. No, they just missed it. But when you're the number one pick in the draft and you finish above five hundred, that's pretty remarkable. Oh yeah. Even what the Diamondbacks did is pretty remarkable. Yeah,
1: and if it's if not for such a horrible bullpen. Um, the Diamondbacks probably would have been close to it being a five hundred team. They were only they were only what seven games from that seventy four and eighty eight if my math is correct. If subtracting and adding is right, fourteen seven <laughs> yeah
0: carry eighty one and eighty one one yeah yeah. Um, I did actually have to carry a one for the record. Well, okay,
1: uh, but. Yeah, the Orioles, I mean it's okay. It's okay that the D-backs got the second pick cuz Drew Jones I think is going to be pretty good. I'm hoping. Um he already got his shoulder injury out of the way. It's the bright of passage for I wish the he was Diamondbacks in the fall league. Yeah, but he can't because he had shoulder surgery. I know. Jordan Lawler's there. Jordan Lawler's Raking yeah. already? Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm encouraged by what the D-backs did this season. Um mostly and maybe Maybe it's because most of that was when the younger guys started coming up and producing for this team, like Alec Thomas came up and and was a spark plug right away and played really good defense out in center field. Um, Jake McCarthy all of a sudden came on and was one of their better outfielders. Um, and, of course, Zach Gallen was
0: amazing all season. Okay, so let's do it this way. I've got a couple of categories listed off. I'm going to ask you to name one player, okay, okay, from the Arizona Diamondbacks for each of these categories, okay. and you can give me your reasons, reasons why. Okay. Number one, the best hitter for the Diamondbacks in 2022 was? I'm going to go with Christian Walker.
1: Um, I mean, his batting average was only .242, but he hit 36 home runs, had 94 RBIs. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go with Christian
0: Walker. Um I can't really... 242 is the third highest batting average in the lineup, by the way. Like, the regular starters. I'm not including Jake McCarthy in that. He is actually higher. But Yeah, I'm looking at their batting
1: average right now. Josh Rojas led the team with a 269 batting average. Walker on my screen is second, 242. Uh, David Peralta at 248. Oh, I'm not... Well, he's not if on the team. If you want to team. count to Peralta. He's not on the team. I mean, he was for more than half the year. Okay, fine. Okay, if we're gonna count David Peralta, then Walker's third, and then Marte hit 240 and Varsho hit 235. Yeah. Um, but but McCarthy and Corbin Carroll are both hitting pretty well. Yeah. Um, recent additions. I guess. I'm gonna stick with Christian Walker. I think he had a really good season, especially like that 242 doesn't look very good at the end of the season, but man, where he was at, you know, at the halfway point, he was around 200. So I mean, he. He
0: really improved his swing um, to close out the season. The only player on the team with an OPS over 800, by the way. Yeah. So he was slugging very, very effectively. In, in his last 30 games, he hit 271. That's not That's bad. It's pretty good. So he, he turned
1: it on late and with just getting on base and not just relying on home runs for every hit. Particularly
0: in the, um, uh, in the uh, National League. First base is such a crowded position. Now, I know he's not like competing with other first basemen in the National League for anything in particular, but if you, by comparison, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's probably going to win MVP, right? You've got him to be compared to, obviously, a former Diamondback, and he replaced him. Freddie Freeman is in this league. I mean, like, there's some good first basemen in the National League. Yeah. And I think Christian Walker has been right up with the the rest of them. It's the it's a low average. I'll grant you that and it's not even a particularly high on base percentage. Mm-hmm. but the guy crushes the baseball. Yeah. Um,
1: and you know what on the other side of that too. he I, I honestly think he should be. In strong consideration for the Gold Glove at first base this year, he's played a remarkable first base, um, and it, he's constantly bailing guys out with good picks. He's made a couple diving stops. He's he's always pretty good over there and solid. So I think that he should be in strong consideration for the Gold Glove as well.
0: So I throw in a honorable mention. For Dalton Varsho mm-hmm. Again, I know that the, the batting I'm average there. is unimpressive. Yep. 235 on base, only 302. I'd he love almost to see had that go a up. 30 home run season and 27 homers. 27 bombs, 74 RBIs, and stole 16 bases, which mm-hmm. is... I mean, this guy was a backup catcher. Yeah.
1: Playing and some outfield. He could be that type of leadoff hitter if he can get on base more frequently and maybe raise that batting average a little bit. He could be that leadoff hitter that could you know lead off the have multiple games with leadoff home runs, you know, and put you up early because he's got pop in that bat. And also, if he just gets on base, he's fast
0: and he can steal you a bag. Obviously, he stole 16 bases. And as the outfield kind of comes into its own with Alec Thomas coming back next season, Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy and others, maybe Stone Garrett is back next season. That leaves Varsho open to maybe do do some more catching, yeah. Maybe with Carson uh, Kelly, maybe, maybe his backup a little bit, maybe. Um, not every day, but like I'm, once I'm, a week.
1: I'm of the th- of the thought that they would rather keep him in the outfield, but they do have a plethora of outfielders. Yeah. Um, that they could put out there if they need him to catch. But I think it's going to be interesting just randomly that you bring up catcher. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Cooper Hummel does in the fall league. He's going from the big leagues to the fall league. And I'm going to. I am assuming he's going to be working on catching while he's there because he was the Diamondbacks backup catcher from like the All-Star break on. They they sent down Jose Herrera, who just couldn't hit. He just couldn't hit. He's a decent defensive catcher, but he just can't hit at all. Not that Hummel was hitting great. No, but he gets on base. But he gets on base. Um, He's got a little bit of pop. He's a switch hitter. Um, so I I get it and he's played catcher before and I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be going to the fall league and working on being a catcher. So I don't know if he's the answer, a backup catcher. Maybe you go and get a backup catcher on the free agent market, um, to help Carson Kelly out. Um, maybe Carson, maybe Carson Kelly's your backup catcher. If they find a, if they can find a starting caliber catcher out there, I know. I mean, this is wishful thinking, but Wilson Contreras is a free agent. So, keep that in mind. Keep uh, that in your back pocket. Okay, I'll keep it in. I'll keep it.
0: Easy one. Who's the best diamondbacks pitcher in twenty twenty two? Zach Gallen.
1: Easily. Hands. Down. Easily Zach Gallen. If he had been up for longer, Dre Jameson might be an honorable mention. He's got what? Like four, he's got like four or five starts, four starts, maybe, I think. But I mean, Zach Gallen. I mean, you I mean, Merrill Kelly was also really good this year. He got to 200 innings. That's my in his last start. mention. Yeah, but I think if you just look at the stuff and the results, Zach Gallen. I mean, a 2.54 ERA. He won 12 games. He struck out 192 guys. 0-91 WHIP. Batting average against 186. I saw a graphic today by MLB. I believe he's tied. Exactly with the batting average against at 186 with Justin Verlander this year. Wow. And I mean, who's been like the best pitcher in baseball? Pretty much him for most of the year. Verlander, Sandy Alcantara,
0: Dylan Cease had a good season. And Otani when he does it. Otani, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Otani,
0: yeah. of course. That um, was an easy one. I think you're right about yeah. Merrill Kelly. I mean, to get to 200 innings, I know it's just a number, right? Like if he had been at 198, I'd feel the same. But it's an accomplishment that means stuff. To, it means something. To I think so. Pitchers, it's longevity, it's consistency, it's availability. Yeah. And that 1.14 whip is nothing to scoff at. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's certainly not the Zach Gallen, what'd you say, 0.91? Yeah. It's 20 points higher, but still, Like, I think that Merrill Kelly showed that he is a reliable two, probably more of a three going forward if you can find another starting pitcher. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this one. Okay. The Diamondback who had a coming out party this year. Like, we learned who this guy was this year. You know what I mean? Mm. 2022 was when fans started to realize, oh, okay, that's a guy I got to pay attention to. That's a good one. Um, I can give you mine. Okay, go for it. I think it's Jake McCarthy. I, I was thinking about Jake McCarthy. For a couple of reasons. Not only was he a pretty effective hitter, I mean, I'm looking at him on uh, his reference page. He hit two eighty three. That's the highest batting average on the entire team. three forty two on base. But also... He's fast. He's still 23 bases. Mm-hmm. He plays anywhere in the outfield, effectively, which can be said of a couple of different guys on this team. They sent him down multiple times this season, and he got right. He got better each time. I think that speaks volumes of the character of the player. And he was a high draft pick that really didn't make a lot of noise in the minors, at least in terms of making it high on their like prospect list, not like yeah. Corbin Carroll, not like Alec Thomas. Jake McCarthy flew under the radar... And now we're starting to see that, oh, this is a real contributor moving forward. I think an honorable
1: mention in that, I agree with everything you just said. I think Jake McCarthy's a good candidate for that. You could go back to Varsho with that stuff, too, because, I mean, he almost, like I said, he almost had a 30 home run season. He stole uh, 16 bags, 74 RBIs. Um, uh, He can play anywhere in the outfield as well, as well as play catcher. So... Um, and you know he has a lot of the same traits as Jake McCarthy does, you know, with the speed and everything too. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Jake McCarthy is is probably a good uh, pick for that that particular category. I mean, two eighty three. I mean, he doesn't have like power, light tower power, eight homers, but forty three RBIs, stolen bases, OPS
0: of seven sixty nine. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll throw in Josh Rojas as well okay josh rojas had a quietly good season for the diamondbacks i think at the beginning of the year we were trying to figure out who plays third base is it going to be rojas every day are they going to try other things remember they tried the drew ellis experiment for a while they tried alcantara mm-hmm. for a while um i feel like there were others jake hager maybe at one point emmanuel rivera emmanuel rivera at one point and rojas is kind of stuck and i mean 269 average isn't amazing, but it's one of the higher batting averages on the team. 349 on base is really good. I mean, he's a left-handed bat, and I know the entire outfield is left-handed, but, yeah. but still, like he was a very effective hitter at the major league level. Not a lot of pop, but we didn't expect a lot of pop from Rojas. He's more no. of a super utility guy. I think he had a really solid season and played mostly third base the entire yeah, year.
1: I think he still can work on his defense a bit, um, but
0: at like, least they're not playing him at short like they did last year.
1: Yeah, and he ended up having to play second with the whole Marte thing. By the way, Cattell Marte was placed on the injured list to end the season. With They didn't even disclose what the injury was, so
0: I don't know if that was a shutdown or what. Can I ask you my next category? Yes. Who was the Diamondback who regressed the most in 2022? Ooh. See, because I think you were answering the question. I mean, how's it's it not got to be Cattell, right? It has to be
1: the other the 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 other guy that came to mind when you asked that was Madison Bumgarner. Oh yeah, that's true. But I mean, what did what did Mad Bum do last year? Yeah, he was a little bit better last year. The reason uh, not though, by that, much,
0: but <laughs> the reason though that I pick Cattell is because we know how good he can be. Like Madison Bumgarner has not been special for the Diamondbacks no. at any point. But Cattell, not too long ago, almost won a batting title. Twenty nineteen he was, I think, like in the top five in MVP voting. Yeah. And, and now he this season, I know you said it was a fairly unceremonious ending, but he hit two forty, not great. Yeah. Three twenty one on base is not great. 727 OPS not great he didn't play particularly great defense at second base I you and I both thought that them sticking him at second and stopping the whole center field experiment would be great for his offensive production yeah and it hasn't been um last year he only played in 90 games last year
1: but he hit 318 yeah and he had Way a different on base of 377 he slugged much better 532 last year he had 14 homers 50 rbis this year i mean yeah like you said 240 12 homers 52 rbis so the the homers and the rbis are somewhat the similar but he played in like 40 more games this year um but he struck out a lot like he struck out 101 times in 492 at bats that's that's i think that's 25 percent right yeah yeah 321 OPS didn't slug at all, 407 slug. Yeah, and, and we're looking back at that 2019 season,
0: he hit 329 with 32 home runs and 92 RBIs. It's mostly disappointing because we know what he's capable of. Yeah. And he didn't come anywhere close to it. Yep. So I, I don't know if he was just and it's not, not like right the whole year. And it's not like he's getting old. He's only 28 years old. And they just gave him another contract extension mm-hmm. to build the organization around him. So I think that one was an easy yeah, one. That, yeah. The other one I, I had listed as an honorable mention is Carson Kelly. He hit 211 yeah. this season. His on base is at 282. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no offense coming from Carson Kelly.
1: Cattell Marte, though, did lead the team in doubles. He had 42 doubles this year. That's a lot of doubles, actually. Yeah. I did not know that. He Yep. 42
0: doubles. The next highest was you Rojas know, with 25. But you know what it was, though? What? The ball wasn't leaving the park. Uh-uh. He only had 12 home runs. That's why. Uh-huh. Because those home run balls his, were hitting
1: the wall. His power went way down yeah. this year. So I think that's what it was.
0: I don't, and I, yeah, he, he,
1: you know, he's always had the issues with his hamstrings, right? And he had that a couple times this year, too. So I, maybe he just wasn't healthy this whole year. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Maybe it was just the lack of consistency and you know being healthy and all that. stuff. I don't know. I don't know what what was going on with him, but the fact that they they put him on the injured list like with five games left in the season and didn't disclose an injury. Right when they they were very when they cagey about that, it. Yeah, when the press release hit I'm like Marte on the injured list, and that's it. And then yeah. and then Tori. Lavello was on the uh, radio pregame show, and he they they asked him about it, and he said he said we're still gathering gathering information, but he's on the injured list, and that's all I can say right now. If you were gathering information, and, like, and you
0: didn't know for sure what it was, you wouldn't put him on the IL. Well, like
1: my first thought was like, is it maybe COVID? I don't know, but they I mean, it could. They've be. always kind of been like, we don't want to release that they're sick or whatnot, but. I mean, and I had this conversation with somebody. I said, when's the last time you saw someone miss a game in baseball with COVID? It's been a while, I feel like. Like a significant player. Maybe there has been like a few not like star players that have. But I can't remember the last time that someone has been, you know, that missed a game. Uh, for COVID in baseball, so I don't know if it's that, but I, I, I think, I and I don't know anything, like I don't have any insider information or anything, it's just a guess, but it it just looks like it was a shutdown. Yeah. Which is weird because the way they were, if that's what this is, and they're being so, like, kind of withholding about it, but yet with Madison Bumgarner, we're like, yeah, we're shutting him down. <laughs> they yeah, were very yeah, public we're, about Yeah, it. we're shutting him down. He's good. He's fine. He's yeah. just, he's not going to pitch again. He's that's, good. That's a good
0: point. So I, it's kind of weird to me. Give me a player to be excited about in 2023. Give me one the the number one player in your mind. It's Corbin Carroll. It's got to be Corbin Carroll. Yeah, there's no
1: doubt. The plan is that he is going to be on this team going forward. Like he's got a spot now, and to see it'll be interesting to see what he does, uh, barring any you know injuries or anything for a hundred and well there. They're never going to play every single game, especially with the way Lavello handles lefty-righty matchups and all that. But 150 games, see what he does. I think there's no, I don't think there's any other, I mean, there's a couple answers that you could be like, all right, that's fine. But I think
0: Corbin Carroll is the answer. He's the number one prospect in the organization for a while. He's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. During this cor- the course of this season, he blew through the minor leagues and just destroyed baseballs at every level. Corbin Carroll is the answer. But if I had to go with another name, I think there's two in my mind, and one of them might be a little controversial. But I think Alec Thomas is yeah. a player to be excited about. Yeah. Despite the fact that he didn't hit very well in September and got sent and down got sent AAA. down to Triple A, but then he raked in Triple A yeah. when they sent him down. I'll be excited
1: to see. Can I just, as a group, I'm excited to see the outfield next year. I'm excited to see what all of them do. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know for a fact, but it seems like Stone Garrett probably has a spot on the major league roster coming I out of spring so. training unless they unless they add like a big offensive right-handed hitter, you know, which is something they could probably use. They could they they need some they need right-handed hitting. They, they need do. it. Um, cuz right now it's Garrett, Rivera, and Jordan Luplo, and that's it. Um Christian Walker. Oh, and Walker. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Christian. No, that's okay. No, I forgot
0: about you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Even though we just n- labeled you the I, best I hitter of the year. I was thinking
1: outfielders. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so
0: Uh. that's it. It's just those guys. Can I give you another name? Yes. Dre Jameson. Ooh, you God. kind of already mentioned him, but like we talked last week about yes. how he is unique in that he is one of the only pitchers in this major league club that has a lot of velocity uh-huh. on fastball. Uh-huh. And I guess chicks, chicks dig the long ball and I dig the fastball. You know what I mean? Like it's the high heat is just something appealing about we it.
1: We like the velo
0: It's here. something nobody else on the team really brings. Zach Gallon doesn't throw hard. Merrill Kelly doesn't throw hard. Bumgarner certainly doesn't throw hard. Nobody in the bullpen really throws that hard. Not this bullpen. Hopefully, no. in their next bullpen, there's someone that throws hard. But Dre Jameson, four games is not a big sample size. But I think next season, if he if he's given an opportunity, and especially in the starting rotation at the beginning of the season, maybe he could surprise some of us. I, I'm also excited to see. And I'm assuming
1: it's going to happen. I'm excited to see. Brandon fought eventually. Oh yeah. Um. Because, I didn't include him because he isn't a major know, leaguer yet. I know, but I still am excited about him. That's a minor leaguer to be excited. Yeah, about, for and sure. especially if he joins this rotation, like we could we could legitimately see a rotation of Gallon Kelly. Let's just. I'm just assuming, not this year, but maybe next year when they move on from Bumgarner. Okay. Gallon Kelly Henry. Jameson fought.
0: Yeah, I mean that's plausible. That's a pretty good notation That seems to right be the there. direction I heading. hope that's
1: the plan. Now, maybe you get a maybe a veteran in there somewhere so maybe if you don't have to rely
0: on fought right away. That doesn't account but, for Tyler Gilbert who's gotten starts, but he's he doesn't have a lot of upside. They're never going to give Corbin Martin. Martin a chance ever I, again.
1: I, it just seems like, I don't know.
0: I'm with you, dude. It feels like they know. just don't really he's I, not in their good graces or something. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I've I know uh, for me,
1: I know Rojas is the one that's been the best at the major league level, but for me it was always the biggest piece of that granky trade was Corbin Martin. At least that's what we were led to believe by what everyone
0: said about the trade. Well, you Bukowskis know. was on his way to becoming a reliever, so that and diminished got, his value. And he got injured. Seth Beer never had a defensive position, and maybe he works out in the and long run. And now Seth run. Beer can't hit. I know. What, I know. What happened? I know. What happened? He hit a home you, run. You the magical home run. you remember at the run. beginning of the season, on he was night. the only guy hitting over 200? He was. We wrote an article about how he was the only good offensive it player on the team the first where's two weeks. beer Beer? called, where's Because he wasn't playing enough for yeah. us. I think it was called, we want more or beer. Or whatever. I don't know. Which
1: remains true. <laughs> we well, do want more That's beer. a constant. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess I just I just don't think Corbin Martin's ever gonna get especially now with this crop of young starting pitching that they have. Jameson, Henry,
0: Fott, Jarvis, Saccone, Walston. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of starters. You know what you just made me think of? What? With the Granky trade, right? Mm-hmm. There were four guys in return. We just mentioned Bukowskis, Martin, Beer, and Rojas. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder with how amazing that Astros pitching staff is, did the Diamondbacks get duped? Corbin Martin and JB Bukowskis were top pitching prospects in the organization. Could they at that have time. gotten Christian Javier or could Framer, they have Valdez? One of them? Could they? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe they tried. It'd be interesting. Who knows? I, we'll never know the answer to this, but maybe if we ever got Mike Hazen to <laughs> open up and tell us the truth over some beers. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to know were I, any of those guys in consideration in that, in some iteration of that trade? Yeah. Because those guys are dominating. Frambervaldez is so good. I don't think he's ever thrown a not quality start. <laughs> ever. Ever. Yeah. It's amazing what he's been doing. Anyway, um, last category I have for you. Okay. Me three positions that you would like to address in the offseason the three most important okay should we start at the most important the most important position to address in the offseason
1: it's the bullpen it's got to be the bullpen what do they have 41 losses by relief pitching this year yeah I'm pretty sure that's what it was that's almost half of your losses yeah that's crazy it's bad yeah it's real bad I'm not so I mean and to be even more specific it's got to be late-inning bullpen help because... Guys with closing Mulan- experience? Melanson and Kennedy. That Kennedy's makes. not going to be back. He's on a one-year deal. Melanson, unfortunately, is on a two-year contract, so he'll be back next year, or at least at the start. I don't Unless know. they cut him. They could. They could just eat the $7 million. Nobody's going
0: to trade for him. No. I don't
1: think. No. I mean, he still led the team with 18 saves. <laughs>
0: yeah, but that's because they kept throwing him out there.
1: I know. Um, I mean... Let me go back to his page but like Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy, and Melanson were just.
0: We talked about the never-ending uh, story of how Melanson was pretty good in save situations and just fell apart in non-save situations. That was the story all year long, and it remained true. Mark Melan Mark Melanson had ten losses by himself. He's three and ten
1: with a four six six ERA. Wow, bad. That's horrible for for uh for your closer. I mean, Joe Mantiply was the team's lone all-star,
0: but I don't think he had that great of a second half. Well, and we Um, talked about last... I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago about how Joe Mantiply's clutch numbers were not that good. Right. Like, he was their best
1: pitcher, but he didn't pitch
0: well in clutch situations. He ended up
1: with a 2.85 ERA, which isn't bad, but his last... I mean, his last 15 games, last 15 appearances, a 5.91 ERA. Not great. Okay, so... You address the bullpen. What's, the bullpen's first. What's the second position um, you want to address? Starting rotation. I think they need another starter. Like Even though I just said, hey, there could be five guys with Gallon and Kelly and then three of your minor league guys. I don't think that's next year. If we're talking about next year and this team is trying to make a run at a wild card spot because, I mean, let's face it, they weren't that far off this year. I mean, they were, what, 10 games out, but if they can improve the bullpen, they'll be even closer than that, um, but... I think if they add a starter that can be a third wheel to uh, Gallon and Kelly and then letting Bumgarner be your fourth starter and then they can fill in the fifth starter with either Tommy Henry, Dre Jameson, whoever. Um, What do you think is their budget on a starter? I don't know. I don't know what their budget is. They They spend money. They spend money weirdly. Like... People will say, and I've been one of them at times, that they don't spend any money ever. And that's not necessarily true. They've spent money. Ken Kendrick has spent money, but they just have spent it on the wrong thing, wrong players. Talent evaluation has been not great. People will say, people, of course, will go right to Granke because he made... Like two hundred million dollars, right? But Zach Granke was actually pretty good when he was here, so I, I get, I get it a little bit. But he was actually productive when he was here.
0: That money was also what will it take to get him here, right? Because it he wasn't because was, he was either going to go board, to he was going to go to San
1: Francisco or stay in L.A., right? And they had to up, you had to, had to up away. the Annie, they had to up the Annie to get him, right? Um, but of course, then there are the Yasmani Tomas contract, Ugh.
0: horrible, which we can't blame the Hazen regime for.
1: No, but. The spent, it's an organizational it thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Madison Bumgarner, they gave a five year, $85 million deal to a 30 plus starting pitcher whose arm is probably 40 plus. By the way, a quarter of that will be next season. 23 million he makes next year.
0: Yeesh. Not great. Um, you know, which and- makes me wonder, though, will they be willing to go to, I don't know, 15, 20 million on an- another starting pitcher? I don't know I don't know the answer to that. Mark Melanson we'll wait and see. two years, fourteen million
1: dollars. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's But it cr- is and now he you're kinda of forced almost forced to keep him unless you want unless they want to eat seven million dollars. But I think starting rotation is is the second uh, is the second most important uh, because they, They I don't think, I don't think Davies will be back necessarily. He could be, they could bring him back as a cheap option Doesn't for the fifth for starter spot. I don't know. But to me, I think they need to add either via trade or someone in free agency that can be your number three starter. Give me a third position. Right-handed hitting. They, <laughs> they need all just, I don't, a, I don't care where they play. Miss. I don't care where they play.
0: <laughs> um, um, I, we we kind of talked about catcher already, yeah. so let's leave that out. Here's one that I I, I want your take on because okay. we haven't talked about this position at all yet. Okay. Shortstop, mm. Nick Ahmed will presumably presumably be back next season. He's
1: set to make ten million so. dollars.
0: Although Perdomo was really bad offensively, pretty yeah. solid defensively. Yeah, I think is a fair way to evaluate it. Yeah. So I don't know who your shortstop is starting on opening day. My guess is that they're going to give it to Ahmed that he will just take that throne back. Yeah. Because as as little offense as we've come to expect from Nick Ahmed, and believe me, there have been some years where you and I are like, This guy cannot hit. Geraldo Perdomo has been less than that even. I know but I think we've
1: accepted it more because he is a younger player and had upside. Whereas Nick Ahmed, was, we've seen him for years just do the same thing. Of course, he played
0: plus defense. But could you go get... But, I, I don't know. I'm just making... I'm throwing out a name, and I'm I, a player like this. I'm like an Andrelton Simmons in the last couple of years, where Jose it's not Iglesias. Somebody who's going to hit 240, uh-huh. but they're going to provide really good defense, and you use them as a holdover until Jordan Lawler's ready. Which might be at the end of next season. It might be the next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you just go and get another guy? Of of course. The the, then you're paying Nick Ahmed to do nothing.
1: Right. Nick Ahmed is probably another guy that they could just non-tender or release. It's a lot of money to eat. I guess. Ten million? I I mean... For
0: them, it's a lot of money.
1: I mean, the Angels ate $34 million to get rid of Justin Upton. That's a team in Los Angeles. That's different. But they're... They're in Anaheim, Steve. (laughs) They're not in Los Angeles. I don't know. Um, They call themselves the Los Angeles I know what they call themselves. Yeah. Um, But, um, of course, there's the crop of free agent shortstops again.
0: I mean... But, like, that's also the position that feels like it needs the least amount of... Or or the most amount of tinkering, right? Like, Mm -hmm. first base. They're not moving off Christian Walker. He was the best hitter of the year. And they have him... They can have him cheap. relatively cheap. He's Super arbi- cheap. Arbitration. Second base is Cattell, Cattell Marte. Yeah. I, I know he played poorly, but he's your cornerstone piece. Josh Rojas, we just talked about, had a pretty solid year at third base. Yeah. Catcher, we talked about you can make some changes there, but I think Carson Kelly will be back. Outfield is stacked with young players. You don't need to make a single move in the outfield unless it's getting a right-handed corner bat. I think... The, uh, Shortstop's yeah. the only one left. Right? Yeah, and again, we're back to the uh, will they
1: spend because the guys out there I mean I don't think they're going to be in on Trey Turner. He's going to get a lot of money. He's so freaking good.
0: A lot of people have been talking um, about how he loves the East Coast too. Oh, he's go East, yeah, go away. He's an East Coast yeah, guy. Yeah, get out of here. Don't go back to LA. Get out. But if you're the come Dodgers, come here or go out. If you're the Dodgers, are you really letting him go after you let Corey Seager walk? Nope. No way. I don't think you can. Um you you offer it. If he leaves on his own, there's
1: nothing you could do, but you do what you can if you're LA. Yeah. Um then of course there's Dansby Swanson, who's having a really good season for the Braves. I wonder... I doubt they're going to let him leave.
0: Yeah, I agree. Especially they've the signed way they've up, they've, team. they've locked up all their other players. But I do wonder, how would he feel about coming to the Diamondbacks? They're a team no, no, that drafted no. him number 1 overall. Then traded him away. And then immediately traded him away for Shelby
1: Miller. Maybe. I, I don't know... See, I don't know him, his personality. Is he a vindictive guy? Like, because he'd be like, ha, screw you. Like, it was Alex, also another regime, though. Like, Alex Mark Hazen didn't do that. Alex. Alex Bregman would never come here because the D backs passed on drafting him. That's oh, why that? he wears number two. Was that the same
0: draft? Yeah. Okay. That's why he wears number two. Because he got drafted. Because he number drafted two? number two overall. Didn't Bregman get picked with the compensatory, the not compensatory round, but the. The pick because the previous year they didn't sign Brady Aiken. I don't know. I think that's what it was. probably. But I don't know if Dan- yeah, it was Brady Aiken was the number one pick. They didn't sign him, mm-hmm. and then the next year they got they the got number that two pick. pick, pick. Back. Yeah, because remember you get the next pick yeah. lower because he was the number Aiken was number one, and that's yeah. when they got Bregman. Yeah, so I
1: don't know if Dansby would come back. I mean, he wasn't here for very long anyway. He, was, <laughs> like, he wasn't even really He wasn't here. here. He was drafted, and they traded him that offseason. Right. Um, and he went to the majors pretty quick. Yeah, he got fast So, And then there's like guys like Tim Anderson, who... Good player. They're okay. He's, a, he's good. He's not that great on defense, but he can hit a little bit. Um, and then, of course, there's Carlos Correa, who might opt out of his Twins deal and it doesn't it doesn't sound like he's staying. It doesn't sound like he's going to opt in. He thinks yeah. he's the best thing since sliced bread. Well, I'll give him this. He's an elite defensive shortstop. He had a really he had a pretty good season for the Twins too. And honestly, the Twin like is, does he really want to go play for the Twins again because I don't know. the Twins I did not think the, he wanted to play for them in the first time. Well, place. He, they paid him the
0: 40 million dollars. True.
1: You're right. They finished under 500. 78 and 84.
0: I think that's a pretty good wrap on the D back season. Yeah. Did we miss anything? Um, I just hope. I think we covered everything.
1: I hope they get another right handed hitting outfielder that isn't Jordan Luplo, please. Thank yeah, you. That would be good. I'm sure Jordan is a nice guy, and I wish him well, but man, that just didn't work. It just didn't work out. He was
0: supposed to be a lefty crusher.
1: And he didn't hit, you know, he can't didn't, He didn't do, do that it. at nope. all. Nope. Couldn't
0: do it. I think that's fair. Um, let's talk milestones. Because yes. last week. We, another one. I know. Last Another week one we, happened. We broke down. Albert Pujols and his tumultuous career and the amazing resurgence in the last year or two, and him hitting number six ninety nine and number seven hundred in the same day. By the way. Still going like he hit seven oh two or I think
1: three. I think he's on seven oh three now. I kept thinking well, to myself, if yeah, he well, keeps hitting over home now. runs. It,
0: I think he's at he's now at seven oh three. I kept thinking if he keeps going, he's maybe he'll come back next year and just try to break Babe Ruth's record too. <laughs> I don't know, um, but no. Aaron Judge hits number sixty two. He breaks Roger Maris's home run record of sixty one, which a lot of people consider the clean record. Right, right, right. To Barry Bonds and, and Mark, Mark McGuire, McGuire and everybody. And Barry else. Bonds again. And Barry Bonds again. <laughs> <laughs> um Aaron Judge hits number sixty two. He did it in Arlington because they were on the road. Everyone's talking about the guy who caught the ball. You know, what do you do? Do you keep the ball? Do you give the ball back to Aaron Judge? Apparently blah, blah, blah. he's a rich guy. Yeah. Doesn't which, need the money. Well, let's be honest. If you're sitting in left field when the Yankees are in town and Aaron Judge is trying to hit yeah. his home run, like that those seats probably cost a lot of money. Yeah. So are you really that surprised that the guy had money? I'm not. But no, I'm not. I would. Here's what I would ask for if I caught the ball. Okay. Because that guy got swiftly taken away by security. We have to get it authenticated. Well, yeah. Is that is that how they do that? Yeah, because he could just be like, "Look, I caught a ball," and just. Did they chip the ball? Like, do they know where that ball is? It might have a
1: number on it. Like this is an official game ball that we because you can go buy a ball at the team shop. And just right. say look, it's Aaron Judge's like
0: or you could just do what I did and caught catch a foul ball on your hat. I did that a okay, week ago Big Shot. Same stadium by the way. Um, Not Aaron Judge. I wish I'd caught the home <laughs> run ball instead. Just being honest. Did um, you see
1: the guy that jumped out of his seat? He jumped into
0: the bullpen. He like fell he down into even the bullpen. Catch it. Just in case it fell in uh, the bullpen. I, he's I
1: ready for the ricochet. I thought that was smart. Yeah, now he's going to have to pay what fine?
0: If you know you're not catching the ball, like if you're 20 feet away from it, you might as well just jump in. the I wonder bullpen. what the fine is so that he has to pay for jumping into the bullpen. I wonder. Or if if a player had caught the ball in the bullpen, what would he have done? Would he tackle the player? Can I have it? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, do you mind? can you give me the ball? <laughs> I fell into the bullpen. Whoops. Uh, here's what I would ask for if I caught the ball. I would go to the New York Yankees and I would say, hello, New York Yankees. I would, hello. I would like $2 million, assigned... Aaron Judge bat like two million dollars. I would like two million dollars. Like I'm dead serious right now. Two million dollars, a signed Aaron Judge bat, and two tickets to every Yankees game for the rest of my life. <laughs> dead serious. So if you, how valuable is this home run ball to you, New York Yankees? Yeah, two Aaron, seats. Aaron, two Judge. seats. Is that really what, what we're going to argue over? Right. Because I was thinking, right? Like I was like, oh, maybe I just ask for tickets for life, and I can just sell them if I want to. But the value of that is still nowhere near two million dollars. I don't think. Is it? And I don't even live in New York, so I, I go to say I was going to say, is it? Is it? Is it
1: right to ask for tickets when you don't live in the in the state in which the
0: team plays? I don't care. I don't. You could just put those on StubHub or something. Yeah, I'm selling them. Put them on eBay and then I'm making more money. Yeah, but I do want the two million It's like when you ask for the lump sum when you win the lottery. Trust me, I've won so, plenty so of the, lotteries. The,
1: yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> you're here with me. You've won plenty. Right, yeah. Um, so the two million is that's what the what's what they deem the ball was worth, right? So, supposedly Roughly? he
0: got an offer
1: for two million.
0: Like okay. somebody offered him two million to buy the ball. I don't know who though. Okay. And I don't know if that's I true. Would, I, I just, would
1: definitely ask for, you know, some money. I don't know what I would ask for. Some money?
0: I'm like, how asking, much?
1: I'm not asking for 50 bucks. I mean, I'll I'll take... I'll take any... Dude, I'll take anything at this point. Um, But I... That's I would, the wrong attitude. You gotta negotiate, bro. I don't know how to haggle, okay? <laughs> I don't know how to
0: haggle. You're like, I walked onto the car lot, they said the price, and they I paid They said, it. you're getting this car. <laughs>
1: And you'll pay us that, and I said, okay. Um, I won't take you to the. Swamp, I'd mate. probably do the two million too. I think, yeah, just because that's what I had heard it was worth. It's a nice round number. I'm with you. I would want to sign bat as well from Judge. But I definitely would.
0: I think that I don't want him to think I'm a jerk, though. You know, like I don't know. I'm bat, sure he's dealt with it. The bat to me is important because I want something to remember it by. Because you're giving up the sure. ball, right? Yeah. So, like, the tickets you're giving are fine up, You're giving up the souvenir. Yeah, the tickets are fine and everything, but, like, I'm not going to keep th- the tickets as a remembrance. Not
1: saying that m- the money wouldn't be important, but the bat would be like, holy crap, this That's is cool. That's the mantelpiece. Right. You know? That's what you show off to people. Right. Hey, Aaron Judge signed that bat.
0: And... No, you can't it? touch it. What is it to Aaron Judge?
1: It's a bat he'll never
0: use. One of his millions of bats right. he has, and he signed it, so it took 30 seconds. Right. At most. I
1: want to see him sign it, too. No training staff, well, yeah, clubhouse you- person. I want
0: him to sign it in front of me. You get to meet him, of course. Like, that's a part of the deal, right? They're not yeah. going to wire transfer you, you know, like we'll behind se- the scenes. We'll FedEx it to you. Right. Right. I just um, thought it was cool that he broke the record. I'm glad did, he got it did done. Did Pujols ever get 700 back?
1: Or, cause that, I don't know. that guy, the reports were that the guy went and got the ball authenticated and then took off. I thought, wait, didn't 700 go into the bullpen? Mm-mm. No. They both went into the left field bleachers. Oh, okay. The guy. The guy got
0: authenticated and he took off. Honestly, that's what I would do, too. I'd catch it. I wouldn't even act like I caught the ball. I would just pretend like I didn't. Just tuck it in your pants or something and just run out of the ballpark. It's like I always learned that if you if you win the lottery, you're not supposed to tell anyone for your own safety and everything. So if you catch that ball, you pocket it, you hide it, and you get the hell out. I think that's what I would do, too. Yeah. I think it's great that he, got, he finally got the record. Also, too... Uh, how relieved does his family have to be that they don't have to travel all those other, well, I guess there was only one game left in the season. His family.
1: How relieved must Roger Maris jr. Be that he doesn't have to go out of these games that he doesn't care about. He
0: doesn't have to do any more interviews, right? He doesn't have to talk crap about Barry Bonds anymore, which he's been doing very, not subtly for the last couple of weeks. Um, so pretty cool that Aaron judge hit 62. Let's talk wild card as we wrap up here on the ain't no fang podcast. Uh, this is kind of a new format. You've got a three-game wild card series. There's four series going on. They're all on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2 over the next three days. So they're going to play Friday, they're going to play Saturday, and they're going to play Sunday. Mm-hmm. Basically what I'm calling the first round, the wild card round. You've got Tampa Bay and Cleveland, Seattle and Toronto, Philadelphia and St. Louis, San Diego and New, uh, new York. I almost said New Mexico. That was kind of weird. <laughs> New Mexico got a team. Um, what are some of the headlines you're looking forward to in the wild card round? Um
1: I'm I'm looking forward to the Mets Padres series.
0: Um there's Mets a- are clearly the best team in the wild card, <laughs> right?
1: Y- yeah. I guess. I would say so. Yeah. I they guess were the closest to yeah. winning their
0: division too, right?
1: Yes. The, I mean, that literally came down to what, the second to last day of the season? Something like that last series. Anyway, a series that shouldn't have even been played at the time. It was because of the lockout. Um, There's already apparently gamesmanship going on with the Mets and the and the Padres more so with Buck Showalter, the manager of the Mets like he uh, Max Scherzer is starting game one against you Darvish, but they the Mets haven't announced their game Two starter So there's an article that says, well, what might happen is if if the Mets win game one with Scherzer, they might throw Chris Bassett in game two to close out the series. It's only a three game series. And then that would line up Jacob DeGrom to start game one in L.A.
0: So that's interesting to me. That would be smart, I would think. So if you lose game one with Scherzer, then you throw DeGrom in game two. Because it's yeah, your only chance, right?
1: Because if you lose game one and you lose with Chris, you don't, and you lose with your not your your guy, your best pitcher, then you're going to look like an idiot, right? Uh, not yeah. that Chris Bassett isn't good, but no, he is good. You you like can't him. lose in two games if you're in the Mets. I like him. He's not Degrom, but I'm mean, no, yeah. he's not. Um, he's he's a really good pitcher. There. Uh, yeah, and like the Padres have already announced it's Darvish in Game One, Blake Snell in Game Two. And that seemed pretty obvious. Though. Yeah. Um, they don't really have a. I mean, what? Who else would it be? Oh, Musgrove. I guess. Well, Musgrove pitched. Musgrove pitched like in the last game of the season or something. So the second to last game, potentially. I guess, but I mean, why?
0: I'll tell you the headline. He's better than Snell, I would think. The headline for me is the biggest trade in MLB history happened this season when the Padres acquired Juan Soto. Mm -hmm. We know what he's capable of doing in the postseason with what he did at a very young age in Washington and winning a ring very, very early in his career. You were acquired for this moment. Yeah. For the playoffs. Forget everything that happened after that trade because after that trade, the Padres sucked for a while. And Josh Hader fell apart. Even Juan Soto was bad himself. Juan he had Soto a bad had a down here. Yeah. This is the moment you were hired for that we went and traded the biggest haul in the history of baseball to get yep. you. This yep. is your moment. I don't care that you're facing Max Scherzer. I don't care that you're probably going to face DeGrom. This is it. And if they don't win something of significance in this postseason or Mm -hmm, next, mm -hmm. is probably just going to get flipped again next year.
1: Yeah, they have him for, what, two more years after this year? Three postseasons, I believe. Okay. So
0: two years after this. This postseason, okay. All right. I believe that's what it is. I think you're right. Um, but if you don't do it in the first two postseasons then what's the point of trying a third right you, you, It kind of feels that and way And he's
1: still young Enough you could get that haul you gave For him back
0: <laughs> I mean It might
1: be a little less because he wouldn't have As many years of control um, But yeah definitely um, it, Yeah you you make a great point Juan Soto is like that's that's what you went out and got him and Josh Bell. The whole point and Josh Hader for honestly too, like Josh and Brandon Drury. Oh my god, I forgot about those other I guys. Forgot about Brandon Drury. Yeah. I forgot about him. They got. like, they have four, four All Stars. That have so trade did much
0: talent. Uh, what other? Uh, is there another headline in the Wild Card that you're looking forward to? Any other series? Um, I mean the Cardinals
1: and the Phillies. I mean, it, I know Pujols. Like the 700 thing happened, and that's over now. But he's still hitting really well. Like he's still playing at a high level so I'm excited to see what it how much he plays in the play in these games I'm assuming he's going to be starting but the starting DH but the Phillies don't really have I mean their top two guys are Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler who are right-handed um and then they have Ranger Suarez who's left-handed so he might play
0: against Suarez for sure right
1: yeah but they're not going to start him in game one or two no Aaron Nola, though. You have to get to game three. Aaron Nola pitched in the second to last game of the season, so I don't know if he's gonna be ready. Everybody had today off, which helps a little. Yeah. But yeah, he might not be ready for game one. I mean,
0: the Phillies, I don't really I don't have any storylines for them. Like To me, eh. this is the twenty twenty one MVP versus the twenty twenty two MVP. Because we're under the assumption that Goldschmidt's gonna win, right?
1: I think so. I think he will. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else had a Like, as good of a year as
0: him in the NL, and I can't really think of one. This is also, to me, two organizations who in the last couple of years went all out to spend money and bring in especially big bats. I mean, not only did uh, St. Louis go and get goalie a few years back, but Nolan Arenado was a huge acquisition. Albert Poulos isn't costing you a lot of money, but you did invest in him. And then you look over at the other side, Philadelphia built their team around, you know, like they went and got Schwarber. Uh, they threw a lot of money at Real Muto, Castellanos. Bryce Harper, Castellanos, and they kind of neglected defense a little bit. Yeah. And so these are two teams that went all in on that. I'll give you one for the other uh, for some of the other series. Okay. Tampa Bay and Cleveland. I have a David real appreciation. Peralta. This is the storyline. Oh, story okay. <laughs> no, that's a good local tie. I, I like these two organizations a lot because they're both very low budget organizations that always seem to be competitive and have success. We talk about it all the time. How can the Diamondbacks be more like the the Rays? Mm-hmm. Honestly, Cleveland's right in that mix because Cleveland's been one of the most... They've had some of the best winning percentages of all teams in Major League Baseball over the last 10 years. Really since Tito Francona showed yeah. up. And so I'm looking at two really low-budget teams in, in small markets here mm-hmm. that consistently have success. I love both of their bullpens. Emmanuel Classe is... James Karinchak is so weird awesome. and funky. Yeah, he's got a personality for sure. Yeah. I love Fairbanks on the other side. Mm-hmm. Jason Adam. Like every, these guys are good.
1: Everyone in the Tampa Bay bullpen throws like 100 miles an hour. Yeah. All of them. Um, I'm. You'll be happy with this. I'm rooting for Cleveland in these playoffs. I'm I'm so excited. Like, Welcome aboard the bandwagon. <laughs> they, I mean, they weren't supposed to be good. No. I mean, no, they weren't supposed to be good. I mean, They, they had the fourth lowest payroll. They brought back Jose Ramirez on a on an extension, and that was a great move. Shane Bieber has been really good this year. Like you said, their bullpen is solid. Cal Quantrill has been pretty good. Tristan um, McKenzie. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie. I think he's McKenzie going game has been, two. He's he's come on strong this year. And also, it's the storyline for me is like, it's the first year of the Guardians. Yeah. And they're already... Because like... There's so many people that are probably like, oh, I don't like this team anymore because they changed their name. It's stupid, blah, blah, blah. This is... The best thing that could have happened for this team is being this good and making the playoffs because that's just gonna make people go buy Guardian stuff. Could you imagine and be
0: fans. Could you imagine if they won a title in their first season as, as the Guardians?
1: Don't they have the longest championship drought in sports? You are correct. Oh my goodness. If they if they go Cleveland all those years nuts. If they go all those years as the Indians and then they change their name.
0: And they win the World hey, If you want to talk about storylines, that's a pretty that would, good one. That would be really good. Also, I do have to bring this up. Okay. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I said there was one player that was going to light the world on fire that you've never heard of. And his name was Stephen Kwan. <laughs> yeah. And he hit 300 this he's, season. Yes. I'm not saying he's the greatest player of all time. He's He's got almost no pop in his bat. <laughs> he's not an elite defender, he's not the fastest guy you'll ever see. But he hit 300.
1: They also had Andres Jimenez play really well this year
0: for them, too. Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario, yeah. They got a good team, dude. Oscar Gonzalez came out of nowhere. I I didn't even know who he was like a (laughs) month ago, and I'm a Cleveland fan. Yeah. And he's been awesome. Yep. Um, The last series is Seattle versus Toronto. The way I view this, we've always talked about how to build the championship contender. Both of these organizations are in that right path for me. You start with the championship core of young. Position players, yeah. For Toronto, it's Vlad, it's Bichette, it's uh, Hernandez, it's all those guys mixed in, and then you go and get next level pitching. For them, it's Gosman, uh, Barrios, he's Alec Manoa, but they grew him.
1: Barrios didn't really have a great year, but he still right. he still can be good in one
0: game. Seattle can say the same thing. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez looks like a stud. Yep, uh, Kellenick still coming along, but. I mean, they've got other really good pieces in Seattle that they're building around, and then you go get pitching. You get Robbie Ray. You get Luis Castillo. This is the formula that we came up with for how to win a championship, and either one of them could do it. So, and another
1: storyline here, it's Robbie Ray versus the team he won the Cy Young Award with last year. It's true. So, for me... If do you think I'm, there's animosity there? No. Do you think he hates Toronto for... And he's only no. there one year. He was there for a year, and it was a good year, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. like, But and, he was great. He went and got he got his bag. He got his bag. He won the Cy Young and got his bag. You can't feel too bad about no, that. No, yeah. pro- I'm sure he had a great time in Toronto last year. I think the headline the- is Julio. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, it's it's Ken Seattle's pitching pitch around the Toronto lineup.
0: It's a good lineup. Because
1: up. it is a very good lineup. It's a very good lineup. I mean, they have Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right there in the middle. Matt Chapman's no slouch at third either. No. Um Teoscar Hernandez has a lot of pop in that bat. Um George Springer. I always forget George yeah, Springer's there. You're right. Like he's, he's not too bad either. And he's the one he's got the most experience there out of the, of playoff
0: runs. I love I love Jordan Romano in oh, the bullpen. Yeah. yeah. Um a little Alejandro it, Kirk. Alejandro Kirk. Oh my gosh, I forgot Kirk. Yeah. Who's one of the he's like a very odd contact hitting right handed pudgy little guy with zero <laughs> speed. He's he's iconic. Yeah. It's such a odd team, but they built that core roster yep. and then they went and got pitching. Mm-hmm. And that's how you win a championship. Mm-hmm. But Seattle could very easily do the same thing. So wild card weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ooh. And then Monday they have off and then the second round, which is the division series, will start on Tuesday. We'll keep you up to speed on all things happening in the postseason. We'll probably reconvene right after wildcard weekend is over. Hey, thanks so much for checking out our podcast this week. We really appreciate it. For Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Yank No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.